Welcome to the Haunted Hacker uh, October podcast. This is episode number three, I believe, for this month so far. Um, a little bit of news before we get started. I'll be speaking at the World Ethical Data Forum uh, at the end of this month. I believe it's the 26th to the 28th. It's also virtual, I believe. Uh, so if you haven't uh, seen or heard about it, check it out. Um, the panel I'll be speaking on is a carryover from the Euronews uh, documentary episode I did about kids in gaming and the security risk. Uh, also, I'll be speaking for ICE at some point this month, I believe, uh, for their Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And also, I'm toying around with the idea of writing a book for Forbes. Um, I was approached by a Forbes publishing company to talk about writing my book. So that may have been uh, the problem, the, end, the solution to my problem. Uh, anyways, today we have my good friend, Max Justice. Uh, I believe this is our third episode um, and a lot, of, a lot of catching up to do. So Max, what have you been up to? I, I love your background, by the way. Thanks, man. It, uh, I'm super excited. And in fact, uh, I just got uh, some uh, investor funding as well. So man, things are launching, literally launching. Uh, the the number of things that I have going on at my farm it's incredible um, and all mushroom based uh, and we are so we grow organic mushrooms uh, we don't have our organic certification we're working on that uh, but the whole in fact I don't know if we'll get it this year or not uh, next year at the latest but the, the growing of mushrooms, that's not really innovation, innovative. People have been doing that for thousands of years. Right. Uh, but what we're doing is we are taking mushrooms, or at least mycelium, before they fruit mushrooms, and we are turning that into alternatives for plastic, concrete, uh, and uh, home insulation, fiberglass insulation in particular. Yeah. And satellites. And satellites, right? Well, so there won't be necessarily alternatives to satellites, but uh, yeah, definitely want to get the satellite going. And uh, the uh, thanks to the Biden administration, I can't believe I'm saying this, uh, it, it might be launching uh, some really other fabulous opportunities. So the Biden administration is looking for alternatives to fertilizer. And on the 28th of September, he signed a $500 million grant to go to the USDA. Uh, and the USDA is taking that $500 million and they are looking to award between 50 to 70 um, awards for alternatives to fertilizer. And my mushroom compost is excellent fertilizer and i could take and make a mushroom compost tea that will uh, that any farmer could drive their large equipment up to my barn right there that you see and i'm going to build a pump house or i want to build a pump house right there and fill up their equipment with compost tea that's awesome and i want to do it for half the price of what they're currently paying for in chemical fertilizer I got to let my dog in. He's driving me nuts. <laughs> yeah, that the uh, the alternative for for compost 
and using, you know, what you have going on, I, I think that would be a really big game changer, especially with all the chemicals that they put in fertilizer, especially nowadays. I think that's, yeah. that's pretty key. But Biden's making big moves. So I, I think just recently he pardoned something like 6,000 people for uh, possession and use of marijuana charges. Um, 6,000 people. Good. So, so it looks like, you know, the, that administration's like taking the, the right steps in certain areas. Uh, I really appreciate that because I think that there are so many uses for THC when it comes to veterans and PTSD. You know, they, they've tried microdosing with mushrooms. And I think that, you know, opening up microdosing with cannabis for, for PTSD, I, I think we're going to see that coming really, sh really soon. Uh, if, if, if the administration keeps moving the same way they have been. And I tell you, if mushrooms become legal, buddy. <laughs> Whole I different will, world. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it, it's truly an amazing world, amazing life that we live in. Um, so I got a question, Max. And, and this question came up in a, in a casual conversation with a friend of mine the other day. So the possession of psilocybin mushrooms mm -hmm. is illegal. However, the spores that create those mushrooms, the possession of the spores is not illegal. Is that correct? Well, uh, I, I haven't looked to see. Every state is different. And then, of course, federal requirements. But really, the, the psychedelic mushrooms, they're everywhere. Yeah. They're, the the woods there the mountain range that you see up there i can go up there and go find them so for and if i go find them and touch them then the spores are going to be on me so to make it that the spores are illegal that's like saying bacteria is illegal right um so i, I would be hard pressed to to say I, in fact you could even have the myostilium as long as you haven't fruited it and fruited body, I think that's the only way truly it's illegal. Yeah. So, so the reason why the conversation came up is because we found a website in Canada that was actually selling these spores, like vials of the spores. Right. And so we, we researched it and the argument was now is the spore form of the fungi, is that, is that illegal or is it when it becomes a mature fungi? And so, like you said, some states, you know, it's illegal, some it's legal. It just depends, but it's such a gray area. And I think that's an area that has to be well-defined before they can make that like completely legal across the board. Um, but it's one of those technicalities. And the same thing with, you know, when they made uh, marijuana legal in a lot of states, especially Washington, D.C., it was legal. However, it was illegal to possess it outside of a dispensary. So you can actually be on the street and have marijuana on you because it was illegal, but it wasn't illegal to have the dispensaries. So it, it's a really tricky situation. I think that, you know, we're not used to, to taking things that are natural and making them illegal or legal. I think there's such a, a moral and ethical debate on why or how we can have that jurisdiction over something that grows naturally. <laughs> Yeah, uh, even just like hemp. So I want to grow hemp because part of what we're, those alternatives to plastic 
concrete and uh, uh, insulation. I want to grow that using hemp as, and then put the mycelium onto the hemp and let that grow out. And I want to grow my own hemp. I got plenty of room. And uh, even I have to ask for a waiver from the state of Pennsylvania just to grow hemp. Not, and I have to prove to them that it has no THC and it's just a, a pain in the butt for something that's totally natural. And in fact, we should grow more of it. It's good for the environment. Right. I, I totally agree. And what, what's really strange is so here in Tennessee, um, CBD and THCA and Delta and stuff like that is legal. However, it, it's such I don't think the people who write the laws really understand the science behind it. Right. So with Delta, right. Or THCA, THCA basically is a precursor for THC. The only thing that separates THCA and THC is fire. So when you, you when you introduce fire into you know, THCA pre-roll that you can get at a legal dispensary, guess what? It then converts to THC. So how they're getting these things through the law and, and, and whatnot is really strange. But th there's also incidents where, you know, counties, uh, sheriff's department will raid these dispensaries because they're not allowed. They, they, everything has to be cash. Right. So they're, yeah. taking the, they're taking the money and burning all of the, the, the dispensary product and walking away. And there's really nothing those people can do. Right. Um, it, so it reminds me of the, the prohibition times, you know, with alcohol. Very much. It's in fact, it's almost identical. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, uh, what are, we're getting, we're over 25% of the population. It's legal to have marijuana and, uh, it, the, the war on drugs, it's just stupid. And right. it, it's almost as stupid as, the war on terrorism? That one is definitely stupid, but it's also the, the when when we privatized the prison system. Oh yeah, definitely. And it was one of the most stupid things that we've done because all we've done now is we we've created an economy based upon incarceration. Right. I mean, my God, you can't. How do you scale that? You don't. And have you seen the documentary on Netflix about the privatized uh, prisons in Louisiana? There's actually a man in that prison who got arrested three times with possession of marijuana less than an ounce. Now he's doing 20 years. How is that possible? Over a joint. <laughs> so it's just sad. But those, the whole documentary was focused on how privatizing the prison system is lengthening incarceration and it's also increasing the amount being incarcerated and as long as we have privatized prisons and the state gets money and the private private company who owns prison is getting money everybody's happy to keep those things filled so how do we break that cycle as a society There are times when I'm worried that we can't. Right. Um, you know, and climate change is a perfect example. Mm. Proof's there, folks. It's real. It's, uh, we've done it. We are the species that's killed ourselves. We're killing ourselves. Uh, and, and we're doing it in so many ways. From 
the food that we eat. We're, I mean, we're corporations kill us with freaking uh, macaroni and cheese. <laughs> Chemicals, the, the yellow number two or four, or any of those, it's just total shit that causes cancer, but yet that's okay. Um, Aspartame. Uh, and, and try finding gum without aspartame. I actually have some, but finding it, it's next to impossible. Uh, you know, and that's just and that's just one aspect, one industry, food. Every single industry, there's there are so many people that can do things that just outright kill you. Right. Um, and then we, I believe in capitalism. Capitalism kind of works, but it's not the. I don't. I don't, it's not the best approach. I don't know what is. No, I, I think it's going to have to be a hybrid mix between a certain level of socialism and capitalism. The only reason why is because with capitalism, the rich get richer, the greedier get greedier, and the poorer get a lot poorer. Um, if you don't introduce some sort of hybrid system where we actually stop you know, running fast forward and take a step back and pause for a second, reach out a hand and help the lower class back up that class system is never going to work and capitalism will kill itself eventually but we, we there has to be some sort of hybrid system and your new world that you're creating uh, that's probably the answer uh that uh, the integrated virtual and real world um you know, that's one day why one day i realized that i'm going to have to kind of plug in, uh, whether it's through a new eyeball that's wirelessly transmitting and uh, plugs into the internet. But if I'm going to be in cybersecurity for you know, the, uh, 10 years or longer, in 10 years, if you're not plug, uh, going to plug yourself in in cybersecurity, you might as well just go away because yeah. it, it, the, the bot and person integrated Will that's what's going to keep out the bad actors? It 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 will, and the reason why I say that. So I, I've been I have to take a minute. I I have to eat some crow in this podcast because I've been slamming meta and metaverse and, and the whole idea for so long <laughs> until I actually tapped into it. Yes, it, it is a cesspool for some really bad shit, but but it's also there's a frontier there. And I can honestly say that, you know, I've, I've been excited about certain technologies came out over the years, but when I put this Oculus on for the first time and walked into space and experienced a, a spacewalk as if I was the astronaut and it was realistic and it felt real, th there's something there. And then when I went into some of these different venues and within Horizons World, it's like a, a VR chat type deal, but you can also build your own world. I saw concerts that were only for the metaverse. I saw TED Talks that were only for metaverse. And I thought, wait a minute. So we had this idea last year, me and my buddy Corey that I worked with about having a conference in virtual reality, but we didn't know how we were going to do it. Once I hit the horizons world and saw the potential there, all my questions were answered. I mean, you can literally be there. And what, what really tripped me out. So th there's a physical aspect to virtual reality as well with your body and mm -hmm. only 
a certain number of people experience it. But I, when I took off the Oculus for a while, it took my brain a little bit to reacclimate to the fact that this was the actual physical realm because I still felt like I was in that virtual reality. Mm. It, it, it's a physical feeling. It, it's so weird. And so I looked it up and, and some people have experienced it for 30 minutes, some 60 minutes, some a week. Like there's a physical effect to being in that virtual, that virtual world. Um, but I, it's just amazing. The, the things that, that you can do there and experience and travel and the things you can do are just limitless, but also the bad side of it. You know, I, I tend to be a little pessimistic when it comes to things like this with, with, with reason. So on there, I was introduced to places where you could get drugs. Um, there were people telling kids how to use these drugs and showing them physically with the device, how to use it. Um, there were some pretty shocking things that I ran into. Uh, there, there are parts of the, it reminded me of when you got your first AOL disc or your, your first launch disc to get onto the internet as a teenager and the things that you were exposed to immediately. All now, right. Yeah, take that and multiply it, amplify it by a million. And that's what these kids are experiencing in an immersive environment. So, yeah. And, and then they're taking drugs on top of it, which is really effing them up. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, kids, don't do drugs until you're no. 24. At 24 is a good age. You can start go to, go to town. Right. Yeah, it was amazing. But the... The things that, that I was worried about with the metaverse, I, I completely confirmed. Like they do exist. Like there is some bad shit in the metaverse. Oh, but yeah. there's there's a lot of good potential too. So it's it's much like the internet, but the potential is much greater. But also the negative aspect I think is much greater. So what we're dealing with is is the internet 2.0, which was, you know, in the virtual aspect of it, I think can be a lot more dangerous. Mm, oh yeah. Um, there will be a, a, a greater need for psychologists and shrinks and coaches and oh yeah, uh, because the, the kids aren't taught in schools how to deal with their emotions and feelings, and so they now they call it an adulting, I think, because you know they've grown up, they have to control those emotions and feelings. Um, the as well as a whole bunch of other things, and uh, it's going to be up to people like you and I to help them with that transition uh, from one reality to another. Uh, because actually, we've done it several times, especially for the folks transitioning from the military. Mm. That's like going from one world to another, and it's, you speak a different language, and it's as a you have a different mindset, a different view of things. Mm. Uh, and, you know, frankly, I, I don't know, no, and knowing what I know now, I, I don't know if I, well, if I'd know then what I know now, I don't think I'd join the Marine Corps, even though the Marine Corps taught me to be a man and, and do amazing shit. Uh, and literally, I can do anything. In fact, that dude, I got so much to tell you about this farm. It's fun. But the military, it's, it 
gives you that sense like there isn't really anything I can't do. Right. Uh, even whenever you hit rock bottom, you're like, going, all right, I can make it out of this. Well, see, I think that for me, though, the military taught me that there is no other option but to keep going. Like you can't just stop and, 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 you know, I guess feel bad for yourself or feel pitiful for yourself. Baseball. (laughs) Right. You you pick yourself up, dust yourself off and go at it again. Yep. You know, that's, that's the great thing about this world that we live in. Yeah. The the opportunities are about, and I don't believe in, you know, manifesting. I, I think it's more of, you have to put action uh, to those words. Um, I've been listening to a lot of, uh, reading a lot of books that talk about manifesting. And I'm like, yeah, you can't just say, I want to be a a multimillionaire. Right. And boom, you're a multimillionaire or a billionaire. There is a lot of flipping hard work. Right. So the dream board, have, have you ever seen, heard about the dream board where they, the vision board, where they take the board and they put like things that they want on this vision board. So I tried that, but I, I think, you know, when you talk about manifestation, I think it's less of the, the universe's response to that manifestation request. I think it's less of that and more of, okay, I'm putting this in my head. This is my goal, but I'm reminding myself by putting it out there and reminding myself that I have to work to make it come back. Um, but I, I don't believe that, that you put something out in the universe and it just manifests itself. I mean, right. if right. that was the case, I wouldn't be doing this right now. <laughs> I would be owning a podcast company. Yeah. Right. Um, now, I don't know. I don't think it's called manifesting whenever you're working for years towards something like that. I'm right. going to be governor of this great state of Pennsylvania one day. Uh, but there's, you know, that's not for... That's like 10 years out right? Uh, because there's a lot of things that you have to do along the way and check off to get you there uh, and to get you anywhere you want to go. You can't just, you know, the first thing though you have to do is show up. There's so many people that don't show up, uh, which blows my, my mind. Thankfully, I've got some amazing people here that show up and help me every day. Because I'm on this flipping computer all the damn time, and it is so hard to build all of this out if it wasn't for having some great people, having a vision, and sharing that vision with with many, many people. Because success doesn't come alone. You have to talk to and touch. In fact, I forget who was it. Somebody that was a billionaire said, if you want to be a billionaire, touch a billion people. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I, anyways, that's. That, I think we're going down probably a different path, different rabbit hole than we want to talk. No, about. but I think it's important. Though. I think that your story. So the reason why you got into mushrooms, I think, is is one of the driving factors on why we became such good friends. So remind, remind the people who haven't heard the story about why you started getting into mushrooms and, and the situation with, you know, health and stuff like that, that got you into doing what you're doing. Sure. So it was um, about, it's been, oh, I guess, four plus years now. Uh, my wife had a hemorrhagic stroke 
and uh, she was in fantastic, amazing shape. Uh, in fact, she's a bikini bodybuilder. And uh, she had a, a stroke. And when, while she was in the hospital, she couldn't remember my name, didn't really know who I was. She would talk to me, but it was, and in fact, she's bilingual. She's actually originally from Ecuador, speaks Spanish. And she spoke English and Spanish, like, no problem. Uh, but uh, she didn't really talk to me or know who I was. So I started doing a lot of research. And I came across this DARPA study that uh, this gentleman did by the name of Paul Stamets. And uh, anybody who's who probably knows anything about mushrooms knows about Paul. But uh, that was really my introduction. And I found out about lion's mane and how good it is for the brain. In fact, it's the only substance known to humanity that you can ingest that helps grow brain stem cells. So literally, it makes you smarter by eating lion's mane mushrooms. So yes, kids, go eat your lion's mane mushrooms. And if you don't like the, the taste of mushrooms, go, go get supplements, go get uh, take extract. But uh, there are there's a few things in this world that you can do that makes you smarter. Uh, and that particular mushroom, I encourage everyone. And in fact, generally over the age of 40, a lot of people get what's called brain fog. I haven't had brain fog in like three years because I have my regular dosage of lion's mane mushrooms. And uh, there, there's so many other health benefits to the various types of mushrooms. Now, uh, and funny, we were talking earlier about uh, some mushrooms uh, that are Ill illegal, mm. but Am Amanita muscara, it's uh, known as the death cap, or it's the, the red mushroom with the white polka dots, mm. rare mushroom with the white polka dots. Uh, but it's, it actually, you have to eat a lot of those in order to die. It's actually a hallucinogenic. Mm. So there's uh, a lot of things that people don't know about mushrooms because they've heard all these wives tales. Uh, and now we're in this thing called a mushroom boom. And what I mean by that is we're finding out the power of mushrooms, not just by what you eat, but other things that you can do with them. And here on this farm, we are taking mushrooms and turning them into alternate alternatives for plastic, concrete, and insulation for building or building insulation. Uh, and now uh, because of the Biden administration signing the, the grant uh, alternatives for fertilizer, as, as well as above my head, uh, you see those two silos? Mm -hmm. Well, I wanna turn those into alternatives for thermal storage. I'm literally gonna take one and make it a hot or a heat battery and another one a cold battery. And I'm going to blow hot air uh, out from my heat battery into my barn, and it's going to heat and cool my barn. So nice. I'm going to have my mushrooms at, grow at a perfect temperature all year round. Uh, and I'm going to put solar on my roof of my barn. In fact, at 4 o'clock today, I have a meeting with my solar company. I'm going to put 78, mega, uh, 78 kilowatts of sunshine captures on my the roof of my barn wow. or barn 
And then from there, I will redirect some of that energy into my thermal storage battery. And I'm gonna heat up some rocks. And those rocks will hold hold the, the heat that's created, they'll hold for like weeks on end. Yeah. There's this company out of Finland. They just, uh, there's a big YouTube demonstration. They took, uh, the company is called Polar Night out of Finland and they made a sand battery that is a hundred, uh, there's a hundred uh, uh, megaton, yeah, hundred metric tons of sand. Well, th that little silo above my head there, I think that can hold about a hundred metric tons of sand. Wow. So I, I'm building basically something identical, but I fill it full of sand and I stick a bunch of pipes in there and one of the pipes is it's much bigger uh, to where I have those rocks and I heat up those rocks and around and I heat up those rocks to between 14 and 1600 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. It will, those rocks will <clears throat> maintain that heat for like three weeks if it's they're insulated properly. Well, one of the best insulators is sand. Sand, yeah. Sand. And in fact, the, 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 creator of the lithium battery, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he made a statement said, if you wanna make a cheap battery, it's gotta be cheaper than dirt. Well, my friend, Same. I found this. And uh, so now I can take the, the, the solar energy that I'm capturing, run it through my uh, sand battery to heat up the rocks, and then it'll stay, that heat will stay in there. And then uh, if I ever really want electricity, even on, let's say a day that's not, the sun's not out, I can convert that thermal energy into electric energy. Mm -hmm. But now here's the thing, people are like, that is so inefficient. Why would you want to take thermal and create it, turn it into electric? Who cares how efficient it is if it's a continuous loop? Yep. And if, the sun shines here on my farm in Pennsylvania uh, almost all the darn time. But it, even when it doesn't, I don't care if it's inefficient because with, if I've got three weeks to go to before I have to heat those rocks again, then the sun will come out in some, at least once in those three weeks. And recharge it, yeah. Exactly. So I don't care if it's inefficient. Uh, so... Now between the solar, I'm gonna put 78 megawatts on the sol on the roof of the barn, and then I don't know what the efficiency or what how much power I can generate from the thermal, but uh, I plan to do that because uh, for several reasons. One, I also plan on building a data center and uh, mining for crypto. So what's funny is you know I had a, a guy on the podcast not too long ago, and he has a van. He has uh, I guess uh, solar panels on. And he has right. a mobile data center. So <laughs> it's literally a copy and paste um, uh, data center, like cloud environment, copy and paste. But it's, it's ran out of his Sprinter van where he travels the U.S. and moves out of his van. Oh, dude, you, you got to uh, hook me up with that guy. So that way when he's driving through someday, he'll stop by. Yeah. Um, it's a, so what you're, what you're having is basically a mini reactor. A thermal mini reactor, basically. That's pretty right. awesome. Thanks. Thanks, man. Yeah. And it, 
I mean, this is my world that's come together. By the way, those silos that you see there, so they're, those are concrete silos, and they're like uh, I, I, eight inches thick. Yeah. I'm working now with uh, Shippensburg University, Penn State, and a couple other universities. Uh, I'm going to get some college kids to figure out the uh, if it's structurally sound enough uh, to hold that much sand. And if not, then I'll have to reinforce it with some bands. Um, but still, this is all doable. And I'm using technology that exists today. I don't right. have to get anything special. I can literally go to Home Depot, get everything I need to, to build all this out. Um, and I got to have some people deliver some sand every so, or deliver sand. See, I got plenty of room for it. And then I just got to pump it up into that silo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. That's going to be, that's going to be really cool. You'll have to, you'll have to let me know when you finish it. Um, actually, a company I work for is out of Pittsburgh and we have a lot of uh, connections over at uh, Pitt, Ohio, and yeah. Right. So I may be up up there at the end of the year. I may stop by and take a look at this stuff because it sounds really cool. You absolutely got to stop by, and uh, but not in, in addition to all that. So the fertilizer, or so the mushroom. Let me back up. So the mushrooms that we grow, we have at once. It's all said and done. The end of the life we put everything into a compost pile. Mm. Well, mushroom compost, it's highly sought after, especially by like florists and people who grow flowers mm. uh, because it's, it's a tremendous fertilizer. Uh, and, but people aren't really taking mushroom compost and scaling it up. Uh, and I can scale it up quite easily by making a compost tea. And so now, I mean, I'm already selling my compost, but now I'm also going to sell compost tea and uh, in massive, like thousands of gallons at a time. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and now one of the reasons why I brought that up because the mushroom compost, is one of the things that they talk about that if it has a downfall, it doesn't have as much nitrogen in it. Well, right. it, bottom of my barn there uh, I've got a little flock of chickens and uh, I have a uh, I have a sand litter pen for them uh, so I rake out their litter and throw that in my compost pile and now I've got tons of nitrogen in my uh, compost as well so it's it's amazing I mean I'm, now the Biden administration signed this grant the there's two closing dates one is the 14th of December, or excuse me, 14th of November, and the other is the 28th, uh, 29th of December, both of this year. Mm. The first award is 29 December of this year, and then the second award that'll be in mid-spring. But uh, if this happens, man, um, I am going to be the um, hopefully the fertilizer king of, or mushroom fertilizer king because it's. Uh, we can do a lot of good for this world and we don't put yeah. chemicals back in uh, and then we can go live in our virtual worlds and, and uh, make uh, make that a little bit more fun and exciting. Exactly. And I, I found ways to like really like get the use, the, the good use out of like herbs, like lavender and stuff like that. I ended up buying a uh, 
extractor diffuser called a Levo 2. And you put the herbs inside these little pods inside the Levo 2, and it will extract everything from the herbs. You can dry the herbs, you can infuse oils. I mean, it's it's a really it's a it's a game changer for people who have like arthritis or people who like are wanting essential oils. Like you can literally pull it from the herbs with that machine. Uh, so it, it works really well. What's the name of that machine called? Levo two, L E V O two, and you can uh, you can find them on Amazon. Okay. I, I so real, real quick, yeah. while we're while we're talking about that, um, want to give a plug for our new uh, partners, uh, PIA VPN, private ac private internet access company. Uh, they provide the number one uh, solution for VPN. So if you have a kid that's doing gaming or you're trying to protect your data, uh, which I'm a big proponent for, uh, definitely look into them if you're trying to uh, get away from having people looking to what you're doing on the internet, like your ISP, then a private internet access company is your way to go. Uh, and you can get your 82% discount um, if you go to piavpn.com forward slash haunted hacker for the month of October, the cybersecurity awareness month, you'll get an 82% discount. So go check that out. Also, the link will be in the show notes so you can check that out as well. So, no what's that? No logs. They don't no log. logs. No <laughs> logs. Yeah. So if you're not. If, if your ISP uh, tries to uh, get a hold of PIA and say, hey, we want uh, Mike's logs for the month of November, um, <laughs> private internet access company returns a phone call and says, uh, no, we don't have logs, so can't do. So just a little uh, hint, um, PIA is probably the way to go. So uh, with that, I want to hear where you're taking this farm in the future. So. Uh -huh. The one thing that, that I've noticed and I've researched over the past, I guess, couple months since we've talked, one of the things that, that people are concerned about is the soil, right? And the fact that, that we've been farming on this soil on this planet for so long, and now the, the vegetables that we produce in the U.S., like lettuce and some other stuff, um, literally don't have the, uh, I guess, nutritional value that they used to have because our topsoil no longer contains those minerals and, and vitamins. So with mushrooms, what's really cool is you don't have to use that topsoil. I mean, you can use cocoa, you can use all kinds of stuff to, to grow mushrooms on, which I think is like epic because it saves a whole lot of uh, problems when it comes to going to market. But where do you see taking this farm? Is it something you want to like completely monetize and something we see in stores or is it something that that you're going to continue doing for your own research and you know your own benefit well it, the there are many many things first um any good entrepreneur knows that you can't put all your eggs in one basket and so this farm doesn't have just one revenue stream it's going to have 10 revenue streams and then one of the great things about mushrooms, and I got my MBA in 06, and it took me until 2018 to figure out what am I really going to use my MBA for? I, mean, I was a consultant at Booz Allen Hamilton and worked at so many of the federal agencies as a consultant, but uh, I didn't get any joy out of it. I mean, I, I didn't feel like I was giving anything back. 
so one, I plan on giving back a lot here on this coin. Uh, and one of the things I plan on giving back is every piece, uh, or plan on uh, capturing every piece of carbon that my family, my entire family before me generated over my life uh, because I'm the last of my family. Um, I've got one family member left and that's it. Um, so I want to make sure that we, I take back all the bad stuff that we did for this world. Uh, and that's one aspect, but um, I, the future, it, it, so the, all of these businesses that I'm creating are, and by the way, so Setas mushrooms, Setas is Spanish for mushrooms. Right. So we have Setas fertilizer, we have Setas um, uh, renewables, we have uh, uh, Setas, uh, just the prime aspect, Setas. Everything that we're doing is, is really mushroom based. But Elon Musk is sending 10,000 rockets to Mars. Which people have seen, like the satellites, when he sends rockets up into space, it ends up being reported as UFO. But go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, all the time. Uh, and, it, and that's going to happen more and more often because he's going to be sending more and more rockets up into space. This past year, they averaged what, one a week. Mm. Next year, they want to average one a day. Wow. Yeah, and then the following year, it's multiple times a day. But he, they're working their way to uh, starting, I think it's 2024, that they want to start sending people to Mars, right? right. And he wants to send a million people to Mars. I'll volunteer. So, uh, yeah, I will be there. So we'll, I'll be, we'll be drinking, uh, we'll be having a drink on Mars, uh, my fellow Martian. And, uh, when so I have to one generate enough revenue to get on one of those bad bears, and this is going to help me do it. But uh, all those people, when they're going to Mars, they want to take some of their, they want to take some of their shit. Right. Everybody has their own shit that they want to take. Uh, George Carlin does a great routine about people and their shit. Uh, the when when they go to, to Mars, they're going to want to take their shit with them and. How are they going to get it there? Right. Well, they're going to have to pack it up. And then it's got to get packed in the rocket. Well, I am making those alternatives for plastic uh, that, and other packing material. So when people want to take their stuff to Mars, I want to make the packing material for what goes into those rockets. Right. Send my packing material to Mars and people then can reconstitute the packing material and eat fresh mushrooms on Mars. That's right. Plant mushrooms. That's, that's an I, awesome idea. I want to send, I want to have people eating my mushrooms on Mars. That, that literally reminds me of a saying that came out of a, a movie called hackers, uh, hack the planet. So that's basically what you're doing to Mars is you're hacking the planet. That's really and, cool. And really that I'm hacking the planet with mushrooms now. I mean, yeah. this mushroom boom, it, it, we're making all these alternatives to mushroom. Uh, there's this company called Ecovative Design. They, they are really the industry leaders. And I'll be buying licensing from them so I can make this packing material 
uh, as alternatives to plastic, alternatives to concrete, and alternatives to insulation. Mm -hmm. I'm using their proven process. Uh, and they've been in business for over 10 years. They've had the Series C funding. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. just gave them like $75 million. Wow. Yeah, here you go. Go make some money. Uh, but they, uh, I've really hacked mushrooms. And that's uh, now I know what we can make out of them. Mm -hmm. Mercedes-Benz and BMW is putting Rishi leather. Rishi mushrooms, they've taken Rishi mushrooms and they converted it into leather. And that leather is more durable and softer than cowhide. Wow. So Mercedes and, and BMW both putting Rishi leather into their cars. Now, the nice part is, and one day I plan on making Rishi leather as well. And you can make 24 foot wide rolls, 100 feet long, seamless without a single stitch seam. Wow. You can't do that with leather. Uh, unless it's well, a really big, unless it's a really big cow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's gotta be a huge cow. And I don't want to eat that damn thing, which I stopped eating meat a long time ago. Uh, right. uh, Cause I, in fact, uh, I told my, my, my wife, he a little bit too much mushrooms. I mean, she will eat those darn things all day long. But, uh, uh, the difference in, in varieties and taste, like people don't realize there are more varieties or species of mushrooms than there are plants and trees combined. Right. Uh, and that all of, like we grow 28 different varieties of mushrooms here on our farm. And that's only just a small piece. There are mushrooms that we're finding uh, that do many, many amazing things. Uh, whether it's help you, you overcome a traumatizing event or get off LSD and heroin. One mushroom trip and people are saying, adios, LSD. I mean, it, I, it's the, the it, literally this mushroom boom that we're on. It, it's going to be an incredible ride. And I, I encourage anyone to come get on this mushroom ride. It's, it's it's amazing, and I wish I had your beard to go along with this. Actually, this by the way, where's you shaving that? Uh, I guess November. November. So I was just about to say the uh, this beard won't be around too much longer. I think I got like another month uh, of growth left. Um, but yeah, if we hit a hundred thousand uh, dollars for the, uh, I guess it's called the Cyber Beard Shave by Matt Lee. If we hit a hundred thousand, this comes off. Um, of course, I'll be growing it right back, but yeah, it'll come off. Um, and, and another thing too about Mars, which is really cool, if if Elon Musk or any of his cronies are listening, next time you send a rocket up that way, can you please put a three hundred and sixty camera VR camera on that rocket so we can actually go up with that rocket in virtual reality? Like, I think that would be so cool. Dude, that would be cool. Right. That so. Would be yeah, so if anybody's listening that works for NASA or for SpaceX, please put a, a, a fusion uh, camera on that, that device or that rocket next time so we can actually experience it. So, but that's, to me, like developing mushrooms and, and hacking the mushroom and, you know, going to Mars and, and experiencing these things, virtual reality and, and this other dimension, like we're moving fast. We're moving a lot faster than I 
thought we were at one point. Um, it doesn't surprise me. And I completely underestimated where we were at as a society when it comes to technology. But I think in the past 10 years, like we have hit hyperspeed. And I think it can be a good thing, but I, I still have that pessimistic side. It's like, this is going to end up in a bad situation. Yeah, I, uh, I still don't have like Alexa or any kind of AI or, or IoT in my house. But I am going to put artificial intelligence in my chicken coop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm simply going to put a camera in there. And I'm going to be working with a college kid who knows Python or R. And we're going to do machine learning on my birds. And artificial intelligence will tell me if, so a chicken only has uh, one hole or one exit. And that's for pee and poo. So it's called a vent. And when a chicken doesn't vent, uh, I'm going to have artificial intelligence tell me, hey, this chicken's not venting. You might want to go check it. Right. Uh, as well as like I have, a, or uh, this chicken is losing its feathers because it's being picked on. Or, or what what have you? Uh, I'll be able to have artificial intelligence tell me that kind of stuff. And it's going also to be- the rate, also the oh. rate of, also the rate of egg drop. Yes. Right? Oh yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> uh, and these are the types of things that uh, I never would have thought of when I was a little kid. Right. And nowadays, I mean, I, I would have never thought I was getting a PhD. And uh, I'm on, I'm in the middle of well, I'm just finishing chapter three. And so my dissertation is five chapters uh, and I'm, I'm just finishing up chapter three. So my, I'm targeting April of next year to have that to- uh, do- uh, doctor title. So uh, we'll see how that goes, but uh, it's, uh, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be, have that prestige. Ooh, doctor, you know, that's kind of one reason why you know, I'm a soccer farmer. And uh, there's, we have to sow a lot of seeds of cybersecurity in order for cybersecurity to work because security is in itself, whether it's cybersecurity, personal security, personnel, national security, organizational security. I mean, I've done all of those forms of security uh, and then some. And security is only a philosophy. And if you don't practice and follow the philosophy, it doesn't work. So we have to talk to people about how to be safe with artificial intelligence and and define ethics uh, because otherwise we have uh, bias in our data. And as we know, bias doesn't work at any means. In fact, when we start telling people, no, you can't do that, or we're going to put you in jail, then that's that's the dark side of artificial intelligence is right. that it can be used for bad and monitoring their people. Uh, and you know, China is doing that a lot of that now, although we do have the NSA. <laughs> you know right. that they're monitoring you and I because we've been in those, those worlds. Right. Uh, and they will never stop monitoring us, bastard. <laughs> for you, Mike, that was. <laughs> I think they know exactly what I was talking about. No, I totally get it. So, so to put things in perspective, I went and so I was able to get a savings account not too long ago. It was my first 
real account since being on the uh, preferred list of the uh, government. Um, and then so I went to the bank to try to open up a checking account because I got tired of not having a debit card, right? right. So I go in and they said, well, you know, we don't look at credit for that. We look at other things. And um, yeah, you're just, you're not even close. And I was like, well, what do I have to do? What is my goal? And they were like, well, if we could, if we could put a label on it, we would tell you, but this is out of our control. And I was like, oh, say no more. I know exactly what it is. And they were just kind of looked at me and just kind of nodded their head like, yeah, you do. So, I mean, just like the AI in the wrong hands, I mean, our government all, already makes bad decisions. Can you imagine how bad they would be with AI? <laughs> right. And so that's why it's vital for us to define the ethics now. Um, and we have to stand up to the government um, and make sure that we still maintain whether it's... Uh, well, so that, that's our um, uh, Bill of Rights. It, it's still valid, but it's dated. It's outdated. Um, right. And I think we it's time for a new one. Now, people might say, oh, you're trying to. <laughs> I, I, look, I, I don't necessarily. I'm an old fart. OK. Uh, I don't necessarily start new governments, but we could use one and right. we need one that's based on trust because right now we don't trust our current government. We don't trust each other. Well, right. So that's the problem. We have this thing that we follow in cybersecurity called a zero trust model. Right. Well, a couple of things. One, just the term is wrong because computers can uh, technology cannot talk if it doesn't have a trust relationship it's impossible for one machine to talk to another if they don't trust one another the synac yeah right thank you so why we, we thought oh this makes perfect sense we'll go to we just won't trust anything we won't trust our people we won't trust our process we won't trust our technology right sorry folks but that's the dumbest thing in the world we have to have trust in people, each other. And then people said, well, the zero trust policy doesn't include people. Bullshit. That's exactly what it, it means. But, but let, let's, let's take this in perspective. Let's look at it from a different point of view, right? So they're, they're, they're wanting a zero trust relationship or a zero trust environment. So basically what they're saying is, okay, we've spent the last 50 years developing these computers and these networks. Oh, shit. We don't trust any of this anymore. So, I mean, basically, you're saying everything that we built up to this point, we can't trust it to work with each other. We fucked up somewhere, is basically what they're saying. Yeah. Well, nobody admits that they're wrong anymore. Right. Um, I do. I'm, I am wrong all the damn time. Just ask my wife. Uh, humility mm. is that we all need to practice more of. We, the, the humanity, that's why we are all here as people. Right. And the, the people in this world is big enough for all of us, and there's, going, there's more people coming. When I was born, there was less than 4 billion people on this planet, and now we're approaching 9. nine. I'm like, oh, shit, 9 billion. 
Now, there's some people saying that 10 is going to be our cap. Um, define, it, define a cap, though. <laughs> what is the cap? Well, they're basing that cap on life expectancy. And that people only live so long and that you can only have so many and so on. But here's the thing. We are in, we're getting ready to see uh, a massive change in what humanity looks like and how long it lives. 100%. Uh, between just two, two reasons only, nanobots and 3D printers. Yep. Uh, so it, it, now I tell people all the time, I, I'm going to live to be 300 because of those very reasons. So that cap now is going to, it, 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 that uh, 10 million or 10 billion cap, we, we will blow through that because we're going to live a lot longer. So uh, we're going to see more, more people living in cities than we ever have before. Oh, uh, for sure. 50% of the world lives in uh, 10 of the largest cities in the, in the world. Right. Um, and there's less farmers. Uh, in fact, I am I am the one percent, one percent. Well, less than two percent of the world uh, is feeding ninety eight percent. And so we have to, we need more farmers, not less. And unfortunately, we've gone to this globalization and the pandemics taught us, hey, globalization doesn't work. Uh, now regionalization uh, that absolutely works and we need more local and regional farmers to produce more food and products uh, and alternatives they can grow alternatives I mean, we're going right. to be growing our clothing right I, I, I tell people that you know if you're looking for a hobby or you're looking for something interesting to get into pick a critical infrastructure and look at what we have as backups to that infrastructure. If that were to go away, like communication, take communication, for example, what happens if the telephones or internet goes down, who takes over people with ham radios. So what a cool hobby to have to help support a critical function. Farming is no different. Correct. Correct. Uh, and now granted, I'm going to, High tech the shit out of this farm. It's going to be, it's a vertical indoor farm. In fact, I'm going to have, uh, uh, I'm just going to put some alfalfa in the fields and uh, over by that one tree, kind of sitting all by itself. Oop, uh, there. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll put beehives. Oh, and nice. Yeah, bees, when they pollinate on clover, uh, or not clover, off of, uh, um, alfalfa mm -hmm. that honey it tastes so sweet it's amazing really? oh yeah it tastes so much better off of alfalfa nice. uh, and i want to produce that all uh, not all year round but uh, that'll be a good crop to to grow and um, that will be used for my chickens love to eat it as well which is nice uh makes good bedding for my chickens so uh, lots of uh, lots of exciting reasons and many things going on in this farm. It's, I, I pinch myself every day, man. I, I'm gonna have I, to come check it out. I do. Yeah, I'm gonna have uh, to come check it out for sure. 
And, and six months from now, the, it's we're going to look even different. In fact, uh, so uh, six months from now, I hope to have my kiln in place. Oh, nice. That I'll use to dry my the substrate where the uh, mycelium is fully colonized, hmm. and it grows into the shape or the form that I want it to grow in. Like the brick, like, whatever. Correct. And then I stick it into a kiln and petrify it. Right. And uh, I, I got a video of me on YouTube for like five minutes of me standing there with a torch trying to burn one of my bricks. It's, it's no different than it's no different than a, a kiln that fires clay bricks. But you're just doing it with mushrooms. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and uh, it's uh, yeah, the. The number of things that we have yet to invent, it's. Um, I, I think we're all getting ready to see either a very amazing life for each and every one of us, or we're going to destroy ourselves. Um, yeah. you know, and unfortunately, with what either Putin, <laughs> he is literally either going to destroy himself, which I think is probably coming, or, or everybody else. Us. Right. Yeah. It's going to be one of the two. Um, right. And uh, unfortunately, I think that much of this world is, has uh, that same Coke or Pepsi problem. Mm -hmm. uh, bad. That's why we have the problem with politics, because now you have these polar extremes and nobody wants to come in the middle and come together and talk. And communications is vital. If we can't communicate. Right. Yes, we are going to destroy one another. That's how I, wars I, start. People can't communicate. I think I think the problem is a little bit bigger, though. I think the problem isn't so much as us not being able to communicate. I think it is the government keeping people separated and divided in hopes that we won't communicate because a unified <laughs> you know, U.S. is a threat to national security because everybody's tired of this shit that goes on, you know? Well, uh, education is, um, well, education. It, it, there's all different types of education. Um, but the, the more I learn, the less I know. Right, <laughs> I know. right. Or the less I want to know. Well, uh, that too. And a lot of times, I, like, I don't have time for that. Uh, or, I get into a, or I get into a topic that I wanted to learn about until I started getting some of the information. And then it shocked me so bad that I was just like, okay, maybe I made a mistake and wanted to learn that. Yeah, that's kind of like the same I feel about my time in the federal government. Yes. <laughs> yes. We, we don't reward executives in the federal space for saving money. We reward them for spending all of their money and everybody else's. So at the end of the year, when another group or agency or organization hasn't spent their money, then you know, oh, that's when it goes to the DOD. And that's why the DOD's budget is so flipping big, is because they get they get scarf up almost everybody's end of year funds. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's amazing how few people don't realize. One, the, 
the color of money, where it goes, how they got it, where it goes to. What it's based on. What it's based on, right. Uh, Whether it's real or not. Uh, So that's why digital currency. It's uh, Mm going to take off. And and the the nice part is digital currency will create trust. Because it's used across the globe it's used by everyone and uh, based on the blockchain we can see it we know where it goes Uh, so that is our that's the trust model that i'm actually building for my phd so uh i will have to uh yeah i'll probably have a conversation with you uh i'm gonna so for my phd i'm going to interview 25 executives in cybersecurity and talk about a trust model, hmm. what that would look like, and what would we need to do to invoke or to get the, our government to use a trust model. Because it, as we've just been talking, if you can't communicate, you're, you start wars. Right. People will communicate if they can't ensure that their money is safe, that they can't trust their money, they can't trust their government, then we're going to have civil war. Right. Uh, and I don't think our government wants that, but the more people become enlightened, mm-hmm. the more it's inevitable. Are... it's inevitable. It's inevitable. Right. And, and like, just like with uh, all those people who went to scale the Capitol, um, they believed that they were doing the right thing and that their world was telling them, hey, that's the right thing to do. Uh, and that they, they, they should go fight for it. Uh, that everything is a fight, is a battle. That's why we have the war on everything. Yeah. Uh, and as long as we still keep calling it the war on everything, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to build trust. We're just going to keep putting people in jail because we got to feed that capitalist uh, monster called uh, private, uh, private jail system. Yeah, and Louisiana is probably one of the biggest culprits of that privatized jail system. I mean, most of the parishes in that in that state have some sort of privatized commercial jail. It, it's really, really sad. And the overcrowding in private jails, there's no such thing as overcrowding. They will pack you in like sardines because that's more money for that company. So the yeah. conditions there are horrible. I, I just started watching uh, Orange is the New Black. Uh, yeah. We don't binge watch, uh, but my wife and I spend a little quality time watching one show a night before we go to bed because we're working on the damn farm from before the sun comes up till before the sun goes down right. or till after, long after the sun goes down. But um, uh, it, it's, uh, it's a good little bit of piece of insight into like prison overpopulation and, um, and the bad things that we're doing to the people. Uh, in in those prisons, as well as the bad things that we're doing to cultures, right? Um, we uh, entire cultures, not just you know individuals. We're talking about entire cultures, just destroying them. Uh, and unfortunately, I, mean, I know I hit the lotto when I was born. You know, I was born a white man in the white male in the U.S. Right. Um, and that. I'm assuming it, it afforded me some opportunities because I know that a lot of other people, may, uh, like 
I feel for a lot of black people because I mean, hell, every time they get pulled over by a cop, and I speed crazy. I, I speed because I am white. I, you know, I, I get away with things. Right. Uh, seriously, I've been pulled over for speeding half dozen times in my life. I've only got one speeding ticket, and I'm always going like triple digits. Uh, even in my little four-cylinder uh, high 2013, it looks down the road. And I never worry about uh, a cop pulling me out of my car by my hair, although they have a hard time grabbing it, uh, <laughs> and uh, reading me to ride at because I'm a white male. See, that's where we differ, though. So you don't you have that experience. But me, right. on the other hand, I'm still a white male. But the these game. things on my arms, they yeah. eat, they they literally go by skin color. And this oh, yeah. to them, this to them is a skin color. Oh, correct. Correct. So I get the same treatment. Now, my friend, do one thing that I, I advise everyone to do, because I, I spent a little time as, uh, around some cops. Mm-hmm. You have to make them laugh. Always make a cop laugh. So when you get pulled over and the officer says, hi, I'd like to see your license. Well, in front of your license, with your license, uh, it was a good person I cover everything. But hand them a get out of jail free card. Nice. And then if you're with somebody, pick up your chance card and give them one for your friend as well. Okay. Uh, so now you, I got two get out of jail free cards. Nice. I've made the cop laugh. And anytime I can make a cop laugh, it's going to end well. Right. When cops come up, and they're stern. They give you, you know, they're thinking this guy's going to give me a hard time. So start off on a positive note. Uh, even if it was bad, something bad happened, try to start things on a positive note because that cop is just like you as a person. And unfortunately, the cop's job or the, well, the cop thinks their job is to come in and control the situation. And that means control the conversation, control everything that's going on. They're control freaks. So if you want to get, uh, you want to communicate well with a control freak, get them to smile. Because once you get a control freak or anyone else to smile, communications, it takes place. Right. And no, if you don't communicate, you don't trust. Yep. We got pulled over uh, recently by a, a policeman uh, here locally. And he asked my friend uh, a question. And I told him, I said, you don't have to answer that. The cop asked me, he said, uh, where are you headed to? And after the stop was over, you know, I let the, my friend that was driving, I let him communicate the way he wanted to with the cop. And I said, afterwards, I said, do yourself a favor. Next time a policeman asks you where you're going, the answer is, I'm going about my daily business. You don't have to tell them where you're going. There's no need for them to know where you're going or why you're going there. The only reason, the only thing they need to know is why you were speeding or why you were doing this, or why you were doing that. If it doesn't pertain to that, you don't have to talk to them. And you actually, know? they need to know that. They right. do not have a need to know. That's why you have the right to remain silent. silent. And I encourage everyone, if you can't make a cop smile, remain silent. Yes. Yes. And it's, and it's respectful to them, too, because they don't have to deal with attitudes you don't have to deal with that attitude coming back at you. So nope. just do the right thing. Answer the question. Give them your license, registration, and be done with it. Uh, don't, don't hassle with them. Um, 
with that, I'm gonna go ahead and close the show. But Max, it's always a pleasure. We always go way over our, our hour because we have so much shit to talk about. Oh so, yeah, and, definitely and to everything. But man, it's it's always nice seeing you. I love seeing your smile, uh, and uh, I'm glad to hear all the great things that you're doing uh, for, dude. The the amount of goodwill that you're doing, um, it it's impressive, and uh, it reminds me that I need to get out there and go do more. So thank you. I appreciate that, Max. And with that, I'll go ahead and close it. Everybody, be safe, be kind to each other. And until next time, I'll see you. Thanks, Max. Thanks, Mike. Have a good. You too.